Leadership, purpose, service. This is Fulfilling the Dream with Wayman Brett. Your path to greatness is not simply paved with the grinding feet of persistence. Through motivating stories and personal testimonials, gain the insight you need to overcome life's biggest challenges and break through those barriers that hinder you. So when opportunity knocks at your door, you'll be ready. Welcome to Fulfilling the Dream. Well, hello, everyone. Welcome again to Fulfilling the Dream, our podcast show where we talk about our dreams and how we can overcome life's biggest obstacles to achieve our dreams. We have a special guest on our show today, and uh, we're so happy to have her here, Dr. Kelly Christopher's with us, and uh, she's got amazing story about what she's achieved in life and what she's doing for young people in the Grand Rapids community. And I've had a chance to get to know her over the past couple of years, and uh, she has an amazing story and wonderful things she's doing uh, with our young people. And just so happy to hear Dr. Kelly Christopher is the founder and executive director of STEM Greenhouse, and uh, she's really on a mission to prepare our young people for life and opportunities at uh, hopefully at one of our major universities, maybe other universities like University of Michigan and other places. So, so happy to have her here and she can tell you all about what she's doing. And I love the fact that she has a passion and a heart for our young people. She wants to make sure that every child in America really Mm -hmm. find their vision and their dreams and their goals and, 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 and they can execute. So welcome, Kelly. Thank you so much. I'm really happy to be here. Well, great. And I know that you've got uh, some amazing uh, activities going on for the summer, so we'll talk a little bit about that. But, you know, your your path, uh, you grew up in Grand Rapids, Michigan, and and I know that your mom and others uh, probably had a, had a lot to do with where you ended up, but I'm sure there are other mentors. We want to talk about that a bit today. And, um, you know, our show is learning about people like you and, and finding out what caused those dreams to, uh, to come to come to fore and, and what has happened with your dreams. And, mm-hmm. and we're going to talk about uh, just, just what some of the obstacles were and so forth. So first off, you know, what prompted your dream uh, for STEM Greenhouse uh, and, and, and for your current career and what you're doing and, and what were there any misgivings about it and uh, doubts about it? And then how did you get past them? And uh, so tell us a little bit about STEM Greenhouse and you. Okay. Well, first, I think it's important for me to just kind of go back in to how I chose my field. I'm an engineer by training. I'm in agricultural engineering. And um, but when I was a child, I did not like math. It was a very stressful subject for me. But in middle school, I had a middle school counselor who um, put me in an honors math class. I didn't want to go into that class. I tried to get out of it. She forced me to take this honors math class. (laughs) But I'm so glad she did because what I realized was I really hadn't been trying very hard in math because nobody uh, supported me, you know, pressuring me, just try harder, work harder. I just gave up in third grade on math. But fortunately, I had her. Then I had my principal in high school. Um, Sydney Bailey, he encouraged me to, um, you know, get all A's. I had never heard of that happening before. And so he encouraged that and he expected that for me. So that's what I did. 
I went on to North Carolina A&T State University. It's an HBCU in Greensboro, North Carolina. Went to University of Illinois. Um, I was majoring in agricultural engineering all for all my degrees. But at the University of Illinois, there never been a Black person who got a PhD in agricultural engineering. Yeah. Wow. And then I was a third Black woman in the world to get a PhD in agricultural engineering. So um, all of these experiences really prepared me for the work that I do today because I know what it takes to be successful in STEM as a person of color. And yeah. so one of the experiences that I had, you know, I was an engineer and I felt like all of the STEM programming that I saw was maybe a day of coding, you know, one week of camp. And I knew that that was not enough. I knew that our students needed more than that. And um, there was one particular inst instance with a student that I had at um, a local school. I was working with some middle school girls and this was before I started STEM Greenhouse. I was just kind of coming in a couple of times in the summer. We were playing a math game, very simple third grade level math game, even though these are kids were going to high school. And um, a young lady, I approached her. She was struggling. I said, you know what? In this game, I think if you use division, you're going to get the answer that you need. And she said, um, Dr. Christopher, can you remind me what is division? And she didn't understand what division was. This was not long division, this was just eight divided by four, but she did not understand what division was as she was going to high school. And it was like a, a wake up call. The problem, um, educational system is not doing enough to serve kids, especially children of color. And so I started the idea of STEM Greenhouse with the greenhouse being um, an incubation, a, an opportunity for students to grow, things that would take longer than a week, you know, or a day. Um, so that we could really see that transformative change that we want to see, uh, it's going to require a, a bigger investment of time. Yeah. This idea of being an incubator and a pressure cooker, if you will, uh, just <laughs> focused, focused, you know, focused on the talent, pushing them towards really, I guess, becoming very, very uh, confident about what they're doing. Is, is that kind of what that was about? I mean, the idea, well, because in school, you, you're you're not having uh, four or five hours of math. You're mm -hmm. having only an hour a day, maybe, right? And well, it, when so I first started, that. yeah, well, first I will say that STEM Greenhouse, we do science, math. When I first started this programming, I started at the school that I went to, and I looked at the data, and not one child in their middle school was proficient in science. Um, but when I went to the school, there were no science teachers there. So now, uh, STEM Greenhouse, we actually are teaching science during the school day in three middle schools that don't have science right. teachers. How can you be proficient in science when you don't have a science teacher? And then wow. when I see, you know, we, we study the test scores because we pre-test students in our summer academy. Their scores are all over the place from students who can't add two digits numbers together to students who are ready for geometry. As a teacher, you cannot teach to such a wide mm. range of students. So basically the, the students that are struggling the most, they get the most attention. And then those students who could be excellent, who have the potential to be the engineers and the scientists of the future, they're not getting what they need because, um, you know, so many of the resources are going to the students who are way, way behind. Right. They're not getting pushed uh, enough. Mm -hmm. sounds like, yeah. Well, you know, we're, 
we are at a, I think, a crossroads in our nation today. And, and, and the question is, what do we do to create an environment for all of our youth to fulfill their dreams? And I think that the things that you're doing uh, is one of those ideas. And so how do we get at more of that? How do we crack that code and get into more of these schools? But what, what, how do we go about doing that? I mean, how do we get you involved in more? opportunities. It is going to involve a shift in um, just kind of a cultural shift in our education system. Typically in the past, teachers have done the teaching and um, outside organizations really have no place in an educational system. But now Mm. there are not enough teachers. There are not enough science teachers. So right now we're working in a high school. It has a STEM academy. There has not been a physics teacher or a chemistry teacher all year. Okay, I can hire uh, a math curriculum specialist, a a science curriculum specialist so that we can try to ensure that those students have the best possible outcome given their situation with not having the teacher staff. Because right now the solution has been, okay. there's a teacher shortage. So that means black and brown children just aren't going to get math and science teachers. We have to come up like in this situation when there's not enough teachers, how can we come alongside other organizations You know, I don't have the restrictions of perhaps a union and some of the things that a school district has. I can hire a scientist to teach that class. The school district has to hire a certified teacher. So um, I have some flexibility. But if we don't have partnerships with school districts who are willing to open themselves up because there is a bit of um, pride there. You know, nobody wants someone coming in, doing the teaching. And I'm not we're, we're here to partner. We want the kids to have the best possible outcome. So, um, you know, putting aside that pride and just saying, okay, what's the best thing that we can do for the kids in this current circumstance and and trying to do that. Right. We have so many problems that are that are going against us. The aftermath of pandemic, I'm sure, Mm -hmm. has 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 made it more difficult because kids weren't uh, with their teachers full time. Uh, throughout the day. And there are a lot of distractions. And and I've heard so many horror stories about children who just are not adjusting to uh, just the social element that that they've forgotten how to get along and how to collaborate with with each other because of this one and a half years that we're behind. So there are a lot of things that are going behind us. So we need all the help Mm -hmm. on the table as we possibly can. So, 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 so you've affirmed that with me and, you know, so my question, I guess, would be what, what, how did you, how did you, you know, break through this potential pushback or the obstacles that might've been in your way? Because I would imagine that, you know, you, you getting the trust and you gaining the, uh, the support to go into a school wasn't mm-hmm. easy, maybe not easy today. So tell us what that formula is for you. How do you pick yourself back up when you're told no? Mm-hmm. Uh, whether that, uh, how, how do you do that? How do you overcome that, Kelly? Well, I will say, first of all, um, I don't always ask for permission. You know, I just start doing the work. And then when it gets really popular, then they can't say no, you know. Uh, but also, I just never stop pushing the envelope. Usually the answer will never be no, but they just hope that you stop emailing them and calling them. And, and I continue to email, I continue to call. And like, after several years of this, you know, they start meeting with you every now and then. And then once you get key people in the organization, you get that superintendent, the principal, if they're in support, there's really nobody else in the system that can stop you. 
Um, but it requires, I know so many organizations who have given up, like they just stopped trying to work with these systems, but we have to think about the children and not, you know, get personal and get upset yeah. with an individual within an organization and have our sights set on, think of all the hundreds of kids that we could help mm. if we continue, you know, and believe wow. me, it has taken so many years. I'm surprised I'm still standing because <laughs> I'm sure wow. they would have expected me to quit by now. But I yeah. um, just, but when I was thinking about what I, when I was in graduate school, all mm. of the things that I had to do to, pre it prepared me for where I am today. It was not easy being the only black person in those spaces. Um, it required a lot uh, for me. So I just feel like, um, you know, that tenacity, that just never giving up. You just keep going. You get disappointed. You keep going. Very few wow. people want to do that. But th that's a muscle. You have to work it. You know what I'm saying? You, I'm sure you've experienced that in your life. I can do the things yeah. I do now because of the things yeah. I was doing when I was 20 years old. And nobody thought I could do it, you know? Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. it. When you, yeah, those muscles, working those muscles and, and uh, never giving up on the dream. Even when the naysayers say that you can't do it and who do you think you are? Oh, um, yes. I've, I've heard that before. And, and, and so what do you do when you hear that? You don't hate them for it. You don't, no. you, you know, you don't get upset with them because that's where they're at in life. And so you, you just suck it up and yeah. you do get back up each day and that yeah. you do, you do trust and have faith that you can find a way to get through whatever that obstacle is. And I'm so happy to hear that. You know, your mom and dad, I'm sure were great mentors for you, but are there other mentors out there? And talk to us about who who helped to put this this grit, this true grit, <laughs> this tenacity in you? I mean, where does this stuff come from? Where, where'd you find this? Who's well, helping you along the way? You know, um, I didn't have a lot of personal mentors, and that's one of the reasons I do this work as well. You know, I had a few people in my life that, you know, encouraged me to go beyond my comfort zone and do some things. But there, there, came, there came a point when there was nobody else that I could really turn to. Um, and even like sometimes I would find people of color um, that weren't interested in helping me. You know, they didn't want to mentor me. Um, and that was hurtful, too. So I was like, I'll never do that, you know, to somebody mm -hmm. else. Um, I don't know exactly where <laughs> where it came from. You know, generally, I guess I have that family. We are all educators and it's a it's a passion of ours. Mm -hmm. And um, I just come from a family of people who really care about education. But um, part of it is just me, the type of person I am. I um, I like I just like I just want I'm sort of have that entrepreneurial spirit. I like to um, I don't <laughs> like somebody to tell me what to do all the time. I'm just you know I'm just one of those kids who or people who just. So one of those to, mavericks. Yeah, I just have it. And, and I don't care that if I don't get support. So like you said, I've gotten advice from people. And that advice, like I knew in my spirit to not take that advice, you know, um, and they're they're successful people. I'm not saying that that didn't work for them, but I just chose to make decisions that even if it cost me, you know, a relationship or whatever, I was going to do this no matter what. Yeah. And um, because I felt like it was right. And I felt like if I didn't do it, there was nobody else that was going to step in and do this yeah. uh, work. So, yeah. Yeah, that's, uh, that's that's 
it's a challenge, but you hold on to it. And then what happens is the resources or the uh, other relationships show up when you when you stand in that gap. That's a, what's amazing. Sometimes I've felt like I've almost wanted to give up. And then I wake up the next day and I hear something or somebody comes along that just inspires me to keep going forward. You know, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, I just I just think a lot of times it's our attitude and how we how we look at things. You know, we can say, well, it's no or we can say, well, it's no today. It right. might not be no tomorrow. <laughs> yes, I will and, know if I don't uh, try. Yeah. 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 So, so many people give up too soon, don't they? And uh, yeah. you have not done that. You have not done that. I have a quote here. President Robert F. Kennedy, I'm sorry, uh, John F. Kennedy once said, only those who dare to fail greatly can ever achieve greatly. Mm -hmm. And when we move forward to achieve your dreams, and there are going to be obstacles that get in the way. I mean, mm -hmm. I think that's exactly the point that he made. And he talked about one, at one point, how do we send a person to the moon? And then it was this engineer, this famous engineer, you may know as know him, uh, who I'm thinking of, but said to him, it's about the will, is the mm -hmm. will to do it. And exactly. if you have the will to do it, you'll find a way, right? Yes. It, it, you know, it always makes uh, a way, a path will open up if you don't stop and you, you know, you have that desire. I know when I, um, I started STEM Greenhouse in 2014 and, um, you know, in 2018, I was just kind of starting to get a little bit ahead and I was super happy yeah. about this. And the only reason I had been able to, you know, work for free and do all this work and, you know, stuff was because I was married. And then my husband died unexpectedly. And oh, so I was at a Kelly. place, but I was at a place where it was like, okay, now I don't have that income. I don't have those benefits. Oh. Do I continue to do this work where I'm working for free? I was doing excellent work, not, but, and then philanthropy wasn't recognizing it. They still would give money to other organizations, even though my organization was increasing test scores, getting kids excited about STEM. And um, I really had to ask myself, do I want to continue doing this? I have a PhD in engineering why, and I have two children. Why would I continue to do this work when I could get a job? Like that is the logical uh, answer. Uh -huh. And I so just then what decided, happened? Yeah, but I just decided, even though it's not logical, um, I am so fulfilled by this work that it I don't care. You know, I'm just going to do this, just <laughs> do this as long as I possibly can. And, you know, I've been blessed in that I've been able to continue to do this despite um, the setbacks the and losses, the challenges. The setbacks, and, yes. Yeah, it's been, it's, it's really been difficult, but... If I quit, what if I quit it in the fifth year? You know, I wouldn't be where I am now. There was a time, I up until just January, I've been the only full-time employee at STEM Greenhouse. And I mean, we're serving 500 kids, teaching science in schools, after schools, in the summertime, elementary through high school. What if I quit because, you know, of a challenge or a setback, you know? But most people will well, quit because it, it's just too hard. But you have to have that dogged determination. Like, I don't care what the circumstances are. You know, this is the most important wow. thing to me and I'm going to do it. And, and, and also you have to, I remember at one point I told myself that mm. money is not going to be my driving force. So mm. I'm not going to make my decisions based on just money. Um, 
<laughs> I'm happy. You know, I'm happy doing what I'm doing. Even when I'm, when I don't have any support, mm. I can't hire any staff. Um, I still would do this. So mm. this mm. is a very, mm. um, mm. <laughs> how mm. could I say it's the most, wow. it's, it's, so, it's so much fun for me that I would do it for free, for real. And I have. Mm. 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 And you've done it and yes. you've done it for free. Well, Kelly, this has been awesome, and I truly appreciate the the uh, the wonderful uh, conversation we're having. And uh, I just wonder what what would you want your family, or your children, or your community to say about you? Because I think you're doing some amazing work. I really do. And so, what what do you want them? Uh, do you care about what they think? I hope you do, because I, I I care about my my kids and grandkids a lot, and my family members. Ooh. I always looked at them for support and so forth and in my community, what would you want them to know about you and to remember you by? You know, I think um, I would like to uh, hope that they would look back one day and, and know how much um, my community meant to me. I mean, I came back to Grand Rapids. I'm from Grand Rapids and I want to see Grand Rapids succeed and the children here, although STEM Greenhouse is a very, you know, I feel like the things that we're doing are not going to be limited to Grand Rapids. Eventually, there are other communities that are facing the same problems. But I'm also hoping that I can be an example because, to be honest, I did things, I did everything the wrong way. You know, <laughs> the way I approach philanthropy, everybody told me this is the wrong way. You're going to lose friends. You know, really, all I was doing was um, forcing people to see that what they were doing uh, was not helping the kids. And hmm. most people just are not willing to have those difficult conversations. Most people just want to keep doing the things they've always done. That's just nature. And, and, um, yeah. if you always do of, what you've always done, you're going to get the same results. Exactly. But go ahead. You know, people just don't want to change. And I've always considered myself a trailblazer. You know, we just got space at Innovation Central High School. This is the first time a black organization has had offices mm -hmm. within a, a Grand Rapids public schools. You know, that wasn't easy. That required years of pressure, you know, to get in there, even though I used to be a part of an organization that did STEM programming in the, the Grand Rapids public schools. But when you try to do that as a black person, it's always just a little bit more mm -hmm. difficult because people are not as comfortable and, mm -hmm. um, you know, so I, I feel like other people should, you know, always try to do those things that have not been done before. You know, yeah, that's kind of how yeah. I live my life is um, I don't yeah. I, I honestly I kind of I almost look for ways to do things differently. That's just kind of my nature. I don't yeah. want to do the same thing as everybody else. I don't want to follow the same path as everybody else or else yeah. I wouldn't be an agricultural engineer, you know. Right. The, the world changes so much and so often the problems just stack up. Uh, uh, there's just not always a clear way out, but we got to find a better way because the competition is getting stiffer. The mm -hmm. problems are getting tougher and the challenges are getting greater. So you can't just do things like you've always done them. You've got to find another way. You got to always evolve or else we'll be like dinosaurs. <laughs> One day we'll uh -huh. look back and say, why did we stay stuck? You know, it's yeah. like the frog in the boiling water scenario, the analogy, you know, where the water just warmed and then finally got so hot and the, and, and the frog stayed in that 
that boiler and uh, it, it died because it didn't realize the change that was occurring around them. And they didn't, he didn't, he didn't think, yeah. or it didn't think about jumping out. And we're so at I, an emergency situation right now. Things are really bad. You know, if we are in a community that doesn't have science teachers for students, only 5% of black students are proficient in math by the 11th grade. Um, I think that's, I think things are so bad that it's time to start trying some new things. Um, not just say, oh, we're just going to wait till the teacher shortage resolves itself. Um, we, we, can, we can't afford to do that as well. Like we're having trouble with our talent pipeline right now. And it's not like there's uh, no diverse talent pipeline. There's no pipeline. There's not wow. enough people for the jobs. And part of that is because we're not preparing the children in our own community for the 21st century careers. So we so, have to think outside of the box. We have to do things differently. We have to find people like you, Kelly, who can think outside of the box and then listen to those stories that you have and say, how can we replicate? How yeah. can we support you and what you've figured out? And then find others that are willing to exactly. go down that same path. That's what we've got to do. Yeah. You know, yeah. That's the only thing uh, that's going to, you know, that's what's going to save us, I believe. And so I, I don't know. I just hope that you know, my children would be inspired to do that too. Like think outside the box and, and it doesn't have to be an education in so many other ways. Like how can you be creative of solving the problems, you know, are, you know, of today and the future? Yeah. Yeah. Well, if we don't figure it out, then I'm telling you the world's <laughs> going to get worse before we know it. And so I'm so, so I'm so happy that you showed up today for the show and, that we had an opportunity to talk with you. I hope that things just continue to uh, spiral for you in an upward, mo mo upward motion and that your life uh, continues to be a blessing to other people. You've been an awesome guest on our show today and want to thank you again for the work that you're doing in our first city of Grand Rapids and Kent County and, and all that you do. Kelly, keep it up. We're with you. You have a great day and uh, we'll look forward to talking to you all soon on Fulfilling the Dream. We hope that your dreams do come true. Never give up, as Kelly has said today. Never give up and be That's persistent. Right. And don't, don't ever lose, lose faith in your opportunities to, to make the world a better place. So thank you. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. You're welcome. Thanks for listening to Fulfilling the Dream with Wayman Brett, the podcast that gives you courage and confidence to fulfill your dreams. Discover the riveting personal account of Wayman's journey in his book, Fulfilling the Dream, My Path to Leadership and Finding Purpose Through Serving Others, available in print and audiobook. If you haven't done it yet, subscribe to Fulfilling the Dream, wherever you get your podcast. Share this episode with others. If you think you don't know them well enough, do it anyway. Be bold. Make a connection. And if you have a powerful story to tell, let us hear it. To get connected, visit fulfillingthedreampodcast.com. <laughs>